This is episode 186 of the Relate Podcast on building trust in yourself with Marin Lauka. We are spending more and more time in the online world, looking through our screens and increasingly disconnected with those around us. But studies have proven that it's real life meaningful relationships that bring us the most joy and happiness. It's all about human connection and conversing with people from a variety of backgrounds. Worlds change when eyes meet. So let's sit down and relate. I am your host, Patrick McAndrew, and welcome to another episode of the Relate Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. We have an amazing guest joining us for episode 186 of Relate. Her name is Marin Lauka, and she is a coach, speaker, and author with a master's degree in positive developmental psychology and certifications in life coaching and yoga. As the business owner of Yes And, she passionately supports women to free themselves from doubt and fear so they can make a positive impact and experience true fulfillment. Marin is also the best-selling author of Ready Enough, Your 7-Step Guide for Life's Hardest Decisions. And everyone, I really enjoyed my conversation with Marin. We talk about a wide variety of different things in this episode. We talk about the importance of listening to your own instincts and voice when you're feeling a sense of scattered that you just sort of feel like your mind's going all over the place. We talk about the importance of creating quit lists as well as yes later lists, the importance of keeping things simple, celebrating decision making, how we should notice the little things and define our own success. At the bottom of all this is developing a deep trust inside yourself so that you can live your best life possible on your terms. If you like this episode, please head to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. Please let us know your thoughts. Leaving reviews goes a long way in spreading the word about the show. So without further ado, let me please introduce today's guest of Relate, Marin Lauka. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Relate. I am so excited to have our guest joining us today. Her name is Marin Lauka. Marin, thank you so much for being on the show with us. Thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm really excited to be here. I'm very excited to have you here because you have been doing some amazing work. You work as a coach, a speaker. You're also an author of a best-selling book called Ready Enough. And you do a lot of work, or rather your background is in uh, positive developmental psychology and just kind of learning about you and and what you're about and and the work that you do. I'm very excited to have you on the show to, to talk with us because we talk a lot on this podcast about the importance of meaningful and deep relationships. And that not only goes for our relationships to each other, but also our relationships to ourselves as well. I think that's something that we always need to work on first and foremost. So I'm excited to have you here today to talk about those things and to talk about a myriad of other things as well. 
Absolutely. Yeah. And those two things, I believe, are absolutely intertwined as well, that relationship to ourself and to others, as well as as your show covers to all the other things in this world. It, it all crosses over at some point. So I'm excited to see where this conversation takes us. Yes, absolutely. So I'm wondering if you could just start off by sharing with our audience, maybe just a little bit about yourself and, and what led you to doing this type of work? Yes, yeah, so my path, as I found with so many others, is a little windy. <laughs> and I started off, I'll start with being a dance major as my, where my at least career trajectory um, began. And I went to Boulder, Colorado to start studying at a university there as a major in dance and realized pretty quickly that the industry of dance, although I still to this day love dance and, and being a dancer, the industry was not great for my well-being and health. And that totally threw off where I thought the rest of my life was going to go. And so I had to do some years of exploration. And that's when I was originally introduced to life coaching, um, kind of on a whim, just to try something out to see what it was like to get some guidance at a time where I was feeling a little lost. And, and then through life coaching, and also just a little bit through the pressure of trying to and and also thriving in traditional academia. I continued on with my bachelor's studies in psychology, and then I went on to, at first, a PhD program in positive developmental psychology. And in that program, and also I'm sure with age and with time, and I was still coaching, and at that point now coaching others as well after getting my certification, I finally had the confidence to step back and say, okay, what do I really, really want to do with my life? And it wasn't the PhD route. It wasn't that traditional route that I had been on thus far um, since switching from that dance program. And so I decided to leave the PhD program and I still obtained my master's degree, which I'm very proud of and is still very useful in all assets of life. And that is when I started my coaching practice, which is called Yes And. There's a story behind that if we want to get into it. And that was in 2018. So I've been doing this for a few years now. I've been coaching well before that time as well. Um, so I've been coaching for a long time and um, to watch it evolve and also to experience the fruits of finally asking myself and listening to what I really desired has not only benefited me but has benefited so many others in actually sharing the talent and the skill and the excitement that I have in an area that I'm excited about. Yes, it's very exciting to to hear this story and this trajectory as well. I love that you come from a dance background also because I'm a theater guy, you know, coming from the theater background and I think that Yes, despite all the challenges, you know, that you kind of briefly brought up within kind of the industry, it's amazing how many how many skill sets are developed through practicing an art form or through rehearsing an art form. And to kind of go off of that, I would love for you to discuss why your organization, your company is called Yes And, because that's a an improv term. And I would mm -hmm. love to <laughs> to kind of dive into the discovery of that and why you ended up deciding to make that part of your brand. Yes. And I love that our connection in the theater space is there. I saw that and I thought, you probably know a little bit about Yes And. <laughs> So originally, I was introduced to the concept of Yes And through my life coach certification. So my original mentor, Kobe Kozlowski, used this concept of Yes And to teach some of the coaching philosophy. And so coaching 
rather than giving advice or rather than uh, me being the expert or, or curing something or fixing something, it's very much about seeing what's here and what's happening, even the fears and the quote unquote negative emotions or negative experiences. And it's working with them and learning with them. And so this concept of yes and comes in very naturally in the coaching space of saying, yes, you know, we are afraid or this is a thing to consider or yes, that did happen. And what are we going to do now or what's next or how can we work with that or what's underneath that? So it's working with, I also refer to it, um, which I learned in my master's study of jujitsu. So going through the motions rather than fighting against what is happening. Um, And of course, it's all rooted in improv. And I actually had the chance to take an improv class. Oh, nice. And so I not only know the parallel of this is where where it was inspired from, but also I got to experience it from that improv perspective in real time, which is takes a lot of courage, just like it does in coaching. Yes. Well, I think what's really beautiful about the whole yes and thing is that it's so applicable to many different industries out there. And really that philosophy behind it is, you know, just jumping in and and being, you know, recognizing that fear, but still facing it. And I think that is very prevalent in a lot of the work that you do. I think what I I really love just about, you know, kind of what you do and, and through the research that I was doing on your work is that you have this way of allowing people to develop a deeper level of focus and clarity in, in their pursuits. And so I'm wondering, why do you think so many people have this scattered focus, almost believing like they have to do many things in order to find some semblance of success? Mm. Scattered is a word a lot of my clients use when they come to me at first. That's how they explain, I just feel scattered right now. And so I have gotten very intrigued about that word over the years and how it shows up and why. So that's a great question, (laughs) a very relevant question. (laughs) What I've noticed most in my own life, in the research, in positive psych, and with my clients is that this sense of feeling scattered or also people explain it as being drawn too thin, whatever that phrase is, of doing too many things all at once. For me, that goes away once we're able to just listen to our own instincts and voice and say, what is it, again, just like I did when I left the PhD program, What is it that I really want to do and what really lights me up? And if we don't ask that question, there's so much information in this world and there's so many pieces of good advice. It's all good advice and it's all fantastic pathways to success. And they all work because we're reading the how-to books and the examples and the people who have pursued that specific pathway And so it can feel really scattered if we are only listening to the external because there's so much out there. And again, it all works and we can see that. And it's a matter of coming back, coming home to ourself and saying, okay, with all of this data that I've gathered, (laughs) with all of these stories that I've heard and these examples that I've seen, what resonates most for me? What do I want to pursue out of all of that and without that question without that filter sometimes we'll just try all of it and this isn't to say that we can't try on other people's pathways that's a great way to get that information of what works for us but again it's that that sense and that balance of okay I'm going to try this out I'm going to read this book I'm going to follow this person's advice and then 
step back. Yes, and coming right in. And then step back and say, did that work for me? Is this my version of success? Is this what I thought it would be? And if not, try on something else or again, just listen to what you already know. We don't give ourselves enough credit. We know a lot about what works for us and what we really want when we when we ask that question. Yes, I, I love how you were phrasing that, that it really is, we know more than we think we know. And it's really about, as you said, listening to your own instincts and your voice to figure out, okay, what areas in my life do I need to cut out in order to develop a deeper sense of, of clarity and focus in what I am pursuing and figuring out what my purpose is. Do you believe that it's it's just a matter of cutting out things in our lives in order to find that clarity and focus direction? Or is it something more than that? That's something that has kind of just to my surprise. So I just published this book and I've been getting feedback within the last month for the first time of other individuals reading it. And one of the practices within that book is called Make Your Quit List. And so it's about quitting things to just what you said, find or stay true to that central component or the few priorities that really are your own priorities. So one answer to your question is yes. And a lot of people, as I said, have resonated with that particular practice in the book. And also, (laughs) I do believe it's about trying things on and letting ourselves be fluid in the process itself. I think something that feels really or makes that idea of finding our purpose and finding our passion and finding that one thing that makes that feel daunting is the pressure of there is only one thing or that it needs to happen now. And everyone listening can think of where they are right now and how we got here. It was just as I explained my story at the beginning, it's oftentimes almost always, a very windy path. Could we have planned that? Probably not. And so we have this notion that we can plan our future, and I absolutely lump myself into that. I fall into this as much as anyone else. I think I can create this perfect plan and this linear pathway, and it just doesn't go that way. And what if instead of fighting against that, we can embrace that? And so, yes, it's about quitting. It's about honing in and prioritizing thinking about asking ourselves those questions. What is my purpose? What is my one thing? What do I really want to focus on? And also saying, that's my best guess at this moment. And so maybe this is my priority or what I'm going to try on in this time, in this season. And that may change tomorrow, next month, next year. And that doesn't mean it was a failed pursuit. It doesn't mean I can't open myself up to other things that may enter into my space. And I may not even know why until many years later. Right. It's feeling open enough for change down the road. I love how you put it because I think a lot of times we get into this mentality that, oh, if I'm not doing this project or this job or this endeavor at this given moment, then it's never going to happen. So we always end up piling on different jobs and projects all at once because we want to be involved with the hopes that, okay, one of these things might lead to something great. But the thing is, is then when we're involved in so many different things, it it really prevents us from going deep into either one of those jobs and projects. And so I think what you were saying is really important to mention is that 
yes, while you may not do one thing now at this given point, or perhaps you're making the decision to pursue something else at this time, that doesn't mean that in the future you won't end up doing that other thing. It's just, it's committing to something, but then being open to the change and the evolution over time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that I definitely resonate with that, especially in this season of publishing a book. It's like I want to do all the marketing and all the speaking events and all the podcasts. And and there's this voice or this perception of I also have to do it all right now. And as you said, that so rarely works. Even if we do all of it at the same time, like you were saying, we can't get to that same depth. We can't be as present, at least in my experience, to the thing that we choose. And if we can remind ourselves, not only make a quit list, but maybe there's a yes later list. So there's a yes list. There's a yes later. I'll do that with time. And there's the now list. So there's there's different ways of interacting with these things that we desire or these things that um, we feel pressured but really don't want to do ever. That's the quit list um, while keeping our sanity in the present moment and just our presence and mindfulness at the, at the current season that we're in. Yes. I love that. Making these different lists and yeah, making a plan, but allowing that plan to be flexible as you change as a person as time goes on. I would love to talk about your book a little bit. It's called Ready Enough, Your Seven-Step Guide for Life's Hardest Decisions. It's amazing. I think that it's it's something that is that is needed, and there's this idea around that we need to be perfect in order to pursue something. Whereas perfect is actually just this big illusion. And so I love how the title is called Ready Enough. Can you share with our listeners a, a bit about your book and what they might expect if they if they decide to to get a copy? Yes. So the book was a, a result of COVID, one of the potential silver linings of that experience. I always knew I wanted to write a book. You'll see in my bio, I thought since first grade that I would write a book. And this time of being isolated and by ourselves ended up being the perfect time to sit down and sort through what this book actually would entail, both as what I wanted to share, but also what I thought would be most beneficial for readers as as a side kind of limb to direct coaching with individuals. And so what I did is I kind of summarized to the best of my ability, one of my biggest things with Yes And is to keep things simple because as you shared and we already talked about that feeling of scattered is one of the most common feelings that I hear from my clients so I wanted to make something that felt simple that felt like you could read it in fact I just received a a screenshot from someone that she said I read this entire thing in one day and it was amazing so that was my aim is to make it simple enough to digest but also of course to be impactful to actually make a change a lot of self-help books and some of them are even intended to just be inspirational and motivational and this one I really wanted to embed those practices so I already mentioned that quit list that's in there and how it's structured is that seven-step process that I see through my clients through myself that's backed by the research in positive psych as well to take someone from a place of feeling scattered or feeling lost or feeling doubtful about themselves and then to not only help them create space and make that decision and hear their own voice and trust it as well, but also to take action and on the other side of that action to still be there and support someone who's in the midst of the 
the other side of decision. Sometimes that gets left out of the conversation and then we can panic and revert to pre-decision and that's not – that takes away the decision in and of itself. And so to take someone through the whole process all the way to the end where you've not only made the decision and taken action in alignment with that decision and then also celebrated yourself and ridden the waves that come on the other side of decision and change and what that means for your life and all the ripple effects. Um, and then it's intended to begin again. So you do this process as many times as is helpful and every time you do it, it's like strengthening a muscle. We get a little bit more in tuned with our voice, with our desires, with making decisions that feel authentic and that we can trust that we don't end up spiraling around forever um, for months and years to come. We feel assured in those decisions and can move forward and make the next decision rather than continue cycling through one decision no matter how big it may feel. Yes, uh, I, I resonate so much with what you're saying. I think this idea of making decisions and, and talking about the importance of, of making decisions and decision making, it's so important because I think that with so many distractions in our world today, our I feel like our attention is just spread all over the place that we really do end up in this analysis paralysis of figuring out, oh, what's my purpose? What do I need to do with my life? And we, we put all this pressure on ourselves while committing to a variety of different jobs and projects that we become paralyzed with making a decision, with that inability to make a decision. And so I love, too, what you were saying about celebrating decisions and when you make a decision and then over time it's almost like this habit that over time the more that you execute decisions and make decisions that it becomes easier uh, in in time and so yeah I, I love that that you focus on that yes and I do also add into the book especially with positive psychology attached to my name which again I love that field and I absolutely loved studying it and use the research to this day and I like to emphasize that these decisions and living an authentic life and finding your fulfillment and your purpose can easily slip into that toxic positivity space where all we're doing is focusing on the positive and so although decisions get easier um, and maybe we can make them quicker and they make more sense and we know what's true for us. There are still times when it feels really, really hard and challenging and there's um, grief and and these feelings that aren't comfortable to sit in and that doesn't mean that the decision was wrong or that we're not good at it yet. That just means we're living a life in yeah. in human form and that's what we experience so yes it absolutely gets simpler and I like to also just add in especially for those who are in the midst of decision or feeling this way if you're feeling those quote-unquote negative feelings that we label that doesn't mean you're doing anything wrong in fact Oftentimes it means that you're following your own voice and it's just wildly uncomfortable to do something that is against the grain. Yes, uh, that uh, makes so much sense. And I think important things to keep in mind as well, because as important as positivity is, it's important to note that that's not all that we should be focusing on. That's not all that we should be acknowledging. We should be acknowledging those negative feelings that come up. We should be acknowledging those moments where it is kind of difficult to make a decision, but to you know, follow through with it. I think a lot of these things have to do with how we assess ourselves and how we assess 
where we are at in life. And we talked a little bit about this at the beginning of our conversation about developing a better relationship with yourself. And I'm wondering if you could share with us in the work that you do, what does that mean exactly? Yeah, again, coming back to this idea of keeping things simple, um, that question can feel very daunting is a word I use a lot. <laughs> that can feel very overwhelming to try to create this relationship to ourself and one that feels authentic and one that's also aligned with our greater purpose if we believe we're connected to something bigger than ourselves. And so where I actually like to start with clients and with anyone listening to a podcast like this is to say, notice the little things, the very, very little things. So an example I love to give because it's simple and all of us experience this at some point every single day is do you need a sip of water? Are you thirsty? Are you hungry? If that feels challenging for an array of reasons, I do. I had back in my dance years an eating disorder, so that's not always a simple thing to ask yourself. So if that's the case, then maybe there's something else where you can say, you know, I'm walking down this street. Do I want to go left on this path or do I want to go right on this other one? And then just listen to what your instinct says and just go, go the direction that you want to go. And these are such little things that don't likely make a huge impact on your life and so we can start with just like at the gym we would start with the little you know the five pound dumbbells before going up to the 50 and do the same thing with listening to ourselves and creating this relationship this positive relationship with ourselves to say in these little scenarios what am I really feeling what am I really wanting right now what just intrigues me and sparks my curiosity and then do that in a little way and then one by one every time you make one of those itsy bitsy decisions it'll strengthen your ability and your trust that when you make those decisions it feels good or the world doesn't burn down like everything is okay you can listen to yourself and oftentimes you're you just experience that positivity even though that's not the only thing we um, are striving for as we just talked about but it does feel better on the other side of listening to what we really want i love how you put that that in a lot of ways it's a matter of building trust with yourself we talk a lot about the yes. importance of building trust with others and why having trust within a team or a group of people is so important. But you bring up a good point. I don't know if we talk about the importance of building trust with yourself as much. I love that. Yeah, so important and something that I find a lot of my clients really struggle with is that concept of self-trust. And it may not feel obvious on the outset, but when we pause and think back to that question you asked earlier, why am I feeling so scattered? And the answer was, well, oftentimes we're seeking all these external you know, advice and all this, the books and the courses and the advisors and the parents are telling us what to do. And a lot of that comes back to, well, it's because I'm not trusting myself to give myself the answer. And so I'm always seeking externally or seeking out or just kind of going with the flow because I don't have that strong base, that strong foundation of me and my voice to guide everything. Yes. Ah, that's so good. I, I All you listeners out there, I hope you're really listening to this and, and taking it to heart because <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so important. You know, we, we've talked a lot about you know, not only building, you know, better relationships with ourselves, but also in a lot of ways, developing some sort of purpose or direction in our lives. I think that this idea of success, I, I, th I feel like nowadays it's become so mainstream that 
okay, we, we all have to achieve some level of success and we're comparing our success to other people's success. But the thing is, success is a very subjective term. It means something different to, to everybody. And so I'm wondering in just in your the work that you've done, what what do you think are some of the biggest obstacles when it comes to the idea of success? I'm so glad you highlighted that success is different for everyone. And that's something to just remind ourselves of, that our version of, of success is not someone else's. Likewise, someone else's version of success may not be our own. Doesn't mean we can't use each other's inspiration. Um, but to just give ourselves, Brene Brown talks about writing permission slips, to just write ourselves that permission slip that I can choose my version of success and it can be different than those around me and that's okay, um, is really important. So the biggest obstacles to get to your question that get in the way of pursuing our success, I think actually covers a lot of what we've talked about already in terms of self-trust or seeking others' versions of success. And again, to highlight that that's not wrong in and of itself. Oftentimes it helps to try on someone's version of success. And then the important part is to come back and say, was that what I really wanted? Did that work for me? Am I feeling the way that I thought I would be feeling? So we don't have to just <laughs> figure it out all by ourselves, but to have that home base. I think another barrier to to pursuing success is, is fears that are very natural. And a way that I like to combat fears with my clients is rather than trying to dismiss them or overcome them, it's to actually listen to them. And one of my favorite techniques is what I call caricature work in therapy. It's called something different. And I'm sure other certifications, life coaching certifications have other words for it. Um, but essentially it's creating almost these little versions of ourself in our minds. And at first that might feel a little wild and it's very helpful. And so I encourage all of us to try it at least once. And so if we have this fear voice in our, in our mind, one that comes up so often, especially for entrepreneurs or business owners is financial fears. So I don't have enough money or this is, you know, risky or a dumb decision, especially based on my dad's version of success or whoever we're basing it off of. And and that fear, we can just dismiss or say, no, I can't listen to you because I'm going to do, going to do this. Or maybe we just give into it completely and say, yeah, that is really scary. So I'm just not going to do it. Instead, if we sit down like we would with a friend, like imagine pouring ourselves a cup of coffee for this fear and saying, hey, you're being really loud <laughs> right now. And I'm wondering what's going on. What's this full story here? And when I do this with my clients, the most insightful answers come from these conversations and they are not scary. In an essence, a fear is just a value being put off in maybe a way that doesn't feel very productive. So it's saying, you know, I really value stability and I really value predictability and this is very unpredictable. And maybe we can have this conversation to say, well, is there a different area of life that maybe you could hang out so that you feel like safe and, and predictable? Or maybe there's a way we can do this where it feels a little bit more predictable and and it doesn't even have to do anything with finances at that point. It's just this value of predictability or safety. And so I think sitting down and talking with the fears that keep us from pursuing our version of success is a really helpful and productive way of getting through that roadblock. Yes. And I think to go off what you're saying, it all roots back to developing this this trust and and relationship with ourselves and, and how we go about living our lives. So Marin, I cannot thank you enough for taking the time to join us on the Relate podcast and not only for taking the time to join us on the show, but also in the work that you're doing. I could just 
tell through the way that you're speaking that you are very passionate about helping your clients, about helping people really discover what success means to them and how they could go on living lives that are meaningful to them as well. So I cannot thank you enough. I'm wondering if you could share with our listeners where they could find out more information about you as well as where they could get your book ready enough. Absolutely. And it was so fun talking with you and what a great tie in there at the end of relating to ourselves and all our characters. That was that was fantastic. So to connect with me, I have a gift for all the podcast listeners. If you want to receive chapter one of Ready Enough for free, go to yesandbymarin.com slash ready enough very easy to, to remember. So that's yesandbymarin.com slash ready enough. While you're on the website, you also have access to all my social links. So I'm on YouTube. I have a free training every Tuesday that I put out. Um, Instagram is more that behind the scenes of Yes And and these daily quick tips. Um, and the book, Ready Enough, is is at that URL as well. So you can either just download the chapter one for free and have that as a starting point or just jump right in. It will be available everywhere soon. Right now, it is on Amazon as a paperback and ebook. Perfect. Well, you make it super easy for us. So for all of our listeners out there, I highly recommend checking out the book as well as Marin's website. There's just a wealth of information on there. I'll include this link in the show notes. So all you have to do is scroll down in those show notes and click that link provided. Marin, I have one last question for you before we part ways today. And that's how can we as a society better relate to one another? Such a good question. I love that you ask this at the end of the show. <laughs> as a society to relate better to each other, what comes to mind instinctually is to listen, to listen to what we're saying just like with ourself. And maybe that's kind of the practice ground is to listen to ourself and have, I mentioned that co coffee conversation, just do that with others as well, even if it's not an actual conversation. So if, for instance, I see something come up on one of my social feeds and social and the online space, as we all know, can be a way that we can not relate to each other. We can just kind of be combative. And so to hear something, even if it triggers me, even if I think I totally disagree and to imagine myself sitting down with that person or with that statement, with that comment and to say, what might be going on here that's leading to this comment or how might I be able to foster some sort of relationship? I, I'm thinking of my YouTube comments. Some people come in and they, they don't like what was shared and I think how, you know, what might be going on there? What might I not not that savior complex, but just to be a human with this person? They're a human. I'm a human. And can I just be human rather than right away go into that combative or put up a wall between even someone that I don't completely understand? So I think to listen um, and then to imagine these conversations even with comments or um, in the virtual space. Yes, I, I think we could all benefit from doing that for sure. So I absolutely agree. Maren, thank you so much again for joining us on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Relate. You can let me know your thoughts on this episode by going to Apple Podcasts and leaving me a review. Or if you have the Anchor app, feel free to call in and leave a voicemail. I would love to hear from you. You can support this podcast by clicking the link in the show notes. Thank you so much again for tuning in, and I'll catch you all in the next episode.